day, gentlemen. I'm Simon DeBlock, licensed clinical psychotherapist and your host of Manifesto, Mental Health for Men, a podcast dedicated to supporting men who want to improve the quality of their well-being and quality of life via practical guidance and tactics. In this episode, we're exploring how to develop self-esteem. However, not in ways that are traditionally associated with this experience. If you're a guy who wants to experience more mental resilience, calm and balance in your life, improve relationships and better navigate difficult seasons, then I welcome you to subscribe to this podcast channel on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your favourite podcasts from. So gentlemen, let's dive into the subject and let's improve our self-esteem. Okay, I'm sure you've noticed statements like seize the day and the million countless variations that are distributed like splatter paint on every social media platform these days, including coffee cups and printed t-shirts. Things like go for it, take charge, you can do it, you can do anything you put your mind to, all those variations. Now, it's inspiring to imagine yourself slaying goals and making the most of every day. But having the agency in your life to be, do, or have what you truly want, first relies on having the fundamental belief that you're worthy enough to create the best life for yourself. Now, for the past 50 years, the concept of worthiness in American culture has been used interchangeably with the term self-esteem. And while worthiness and self-esteem have a great deal of overlap, there are some key differences that set them apart. Unless we pull back the layers to define the differences and radically evolve our thinking around self-esteem, we stand to limit our personal growth, as well as our ability to connect with others and our unhappiness. So we need to ask ourselves a very fundamental question. What is self-esteem? Well, in simple terms, having a healthy self-esteem means having a positive opinion of yourself. Recognizing and appreciating your own achievements, being content with the way you look physically, having the confidence to assert yourself and feeling capable of trying new things. Well, these are all the hallmarks of positive self-esteem. More specifically, having a positive self-esteem includes self-confidence, feelings of security, feelings of competence, experiencing a sense of belonging. It also means that uh, you're able to express your needs and wants and expectations. Uh, You're able to maintain a positive outlook. You're able to establish healthy boundaries with others. And you hold a regard for personal strengths and skills. The opposite of this, having a low sense of self-esteem, well, let's put a caveat out there. Low self-esteem is not a mental health diagnosis. And while it might lead to one living a less fulfilling life, and while it can contribute to the experience of anxiety and depression, low self-esteem in itself is not necessarily dangerous. Now, for those who have low self-esteem, well, uh, they often experience um, a high degree of criticism towards themselves. That can lead to feelings of shame, regret, or depression, or guilt. Uh, They sometimes struggle to maintain healthy relationships because they often let others walk all over them because they don't believe they're worthy of love. Uh, Individuals who have a low sense of self-esteem sometimes struggle with communication, the difficulty asserting themselves, uh, and that can lead to passive, passive-aggressive, or even aggressive or bullying-type behaviours. When it comes to self-esteem, 
there's no one-size-fits-all trait. Self-esteem seems to have a nebulous, almost transient quality about itself. It's not something that once obtained uh, cannot be lost because your opinion about yourself might vary depending on the phase of life you're in. It begs the question, where does a healthy self-esteem come from? Some people seem to be born with an unshakable confidence and they move through life undeterred about minor setbacks, failures, or even criticism about themselves. Yet for others, no matter how much their parents, friends, or teachers attempted to build them up or convince them of their worth, they can find it difficult to believe in themselves. Somewhat paradoxical, having a low self-esteem does not necessarily lead to a person living a less productive life. But sometimes those who are afraid of not measuring up actually work twice as hard to prove themselves. Also, sometimes those who think very highly of themselves, i.e. maybe an inflated sense of self-esteem, or believe they're better than others, are less receptive to feedback and are more prone to developing, developing narcissistic-type behaviours. So let's take a moment to examine the differences between self-esteem and self-worth. The very notion of self-esteem was a term popularized in the 1980s when individualism and the me-focused culture flourished. We believed building ourselves into icons and setting our children up for success relied on having a positive self-esteem. At that time, self-esteem or self-improvement never seemed like a bad thing, but the downside of making self-esteem the focus is that building up your self-esteem can rely too heavily on the perceived opinions of others, competition, and the good-bad comparison trap. If outside events or opinions of others can influence the way you feel about yourself, this fluctuation can also increase feelings of insecurity, inadequacy, and make you believe you're a failure. This makes self-esteem an unreal unreliable leg to stand on. Comparing yourself against an American ideal and having rigid opinions of your performance or, or your qualities as a person has a dark side to it, as this can increase the likelihood of experiencing a mental health issue like anxiety and depression. At this junction, striving towards an unrealistic ideal does more harm than good. Worthiness, while often identified by similar feelings and behaviours as a positive self-esteem, goes much, much deeper. Worthiness is not something that can be shaken, as it is an inherent part of you. When you believe you are worthy, how you feel about yourself is not dependent on how others perceive you or how many wins or losses you've had. Let's not get caught into a binary discussion that throws self-esteem out the window completely, but it's time to put it in its place, ideally in the back seat instead of the driver's seat. It's a bit like the evolution from the emphasis on self-esteem to self-love self is a little like America's shift from the food pyramid back in the 1980s, where carbs made up the largest part of our diet, to the my plate era which champions vegetables and minimizes carb for a more balanced diet. It's not that we're never going to eat carbs again, 
It's just that we rely on them less for nourishment. We simply need to replace less emphasis on self-esteem and more focus on what truly nourishes our well-being. So, how do you develop an unwavering, unshakable sense of self-worth? A deep knowing that you have value all the time, no matter what. Well, the secret to really loving yourself is to love all of yourself, even the parts that aren't picture perfect. Developing self-acceptance is a very radical notion for a lot of people and one that deeply impacts the way you feel and view yourself. Accepting yourself unconditionally takes you off that roller coaster of outside perceptions and helps you relate to yourself in a kinder, more gentler way. Self-acceptance not only helps you develop a healthier, more stable mindset, but it's also the answer to self-criticism. When you develop self-compassion and self-acceptance, it becomes easier to quiet, quiet the inner voice of negative self-talk and remember your inherent value. Why is it so important for men to focus on self-acceptance and self-compassion? Good question. To live in congruency, meaning your outer life matches your inner truth, you must believe you are worthy of creating a life you love. Reaching your full potential while also being at peace with yourself is only possible if you also like and accept who you are as a person. Truly accepting yourself allows you to rely less on the approval of others and be less affected by criticism and to rid yourself of shame or guilt if you fail at something. Your relationships will benefit tremendously, especially the most intimate ones. Feeling free to seek pleasure, to ask for what you want, and to refrain from jealous behavior because you're not consistently afraid that she'll leave you for somebody else, creates closer, more trusting connections. Without unconditional self-acceptance, you are obliged to listen to your inner critic, which will always make you feel less than or worthy less worthless in comparison with others. You'll think, well, who am I to achieve this or receive this reward or to have this amazing wife or career or health house? Even if you do achieve success, you won't be able to enjoy it and you'll just simply feel like an imposter. So the question begs, how do we develop unconditional self-acceptance? Let's start with a simple exercise. A natural approach to changing what you don't like about yourself might be to make a list of all the places you think you're failing short and systematically change them. It's not wrong to seek self-improvement in the areas of weakness, but the problem with this approach as a solution to having low self-esteem is no matter how hard you work to change, you'll never be satisfied. The finish line keeps on moving. You'll never feel like you're enough and you'll continue to feel bad about yourself. Instead of waiting to like yourself until you become perfect, start accepting yourself exactly the way you are, flaws and all. Now here are some ways to begin developing self-acceptance. Tactic number one, examine your tribe. Think about the people you most admire and ask yourself what qualities do they have? Is it possible that you have some of those qualities too? Are the people you admire perfect 
or are they willing to be vulnerable and share both their wins and failures with you? Now, it's a good time to surround yourself with people who inspire you and feel good to be around. Notice how connecting with people you admire makes you feel about yourself. Second tactic, identify what your pathological critic is saying to you and put it in its place. Now, I've written before about the pathological critic, so if you want to read a little bit more about that, go to my website to the resources page on simonniblock.com and have a look for Taming the Inner Jerk. Now, Taming the Inner Jerk, I also refer to as the pathological critic. And the pathological critic is that inner monologue of self-criticism that drags us down. Statements like, you're not good enough, or you're stupid, or nobody really likes you for who you are. Now, these are statements of external comparison. And we risk this commentary becoming particularly dominant. Write down these negative statements or criticisms and determine which are associated with ne negative self-rating or evaluation. When you become aware of your inner critic, you can put it in its place by refusing to believe the negative messages it's telling you. While you may never completely get rid of your inner critic, you can tell it to be quiet, step aside, so you can go ahead and enjoy your life. The third tactics. Recognize what conditions you place on yourself. If you struggle to accept yourself, identify or determine what conditions you're placing on yourself. For example, a condition might include statements such as, you have to get things just right, or I must avoid making mistakes or failing. Now, these statements of all or nothing, i.e. right or wrong, or dichotomous thinking, is a form of cognitive distortion. We need to learn how to challenge and replace these thoughts that feed into the experience of self-rating and comparison. The fourth tactic is accepting yourself without condition. And this is really the key to this particular issue. When you truly accept yourself as is, you'll likely sigh a deep sense of relief. To know that you are worthy of love just as you are right now, can feel really transformative. No more comparison with others, no more harsh self-criticism, and no more playing small when you know you're capable of living a more authentic and rewarding life. Developing an unwavering inner appreciation for yourself that's not easily rattled by exterior circumstances takes time, but the rewards for doing the work are immense. When you practice these particular tactics, you'll be seeing the impact that self-acceptance and self-compassion have on your life. Gentlemen, whenever you are ready to seize the day or push forward towards a goal, the only one you'll be, and kindly and gently, measuring yourself up against is yourself. The best part is you'll try to remember your inherent worth whether you hit the mark on the first try or the hundredth try, or not at all, because self-love is unconditional. If you need somebody in your tribe who believes in you, you've already got me in your corner. I hope you reach out if you'd like to uh, receive more support or to learn more about love and self-acceptance. And gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast, 
you're already making the investment into the most valuable asset you own, your mind and mental health. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast channel on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And join our community of men who are seeking practical ways to grow and evolve as modern men. Thanks again for joining me this week for another episode of Manifesto, Mental Health for Men. Stay safe and well, gentlemen. Cheers.